Welcome to the Body Beauty Show, a podcast brought to you by Cryoscan. The show is devoted to bringing beauty and wellness business owners expert insight into the industry, what's changing in it, and what lies ahead. This is your show if you're looking for tips, tactics, and strategies on how you can take your business to the next level. My name is Austin Evans, and I am your host. Okay, so this one today is going to be a little bit different. No guest, just me. We're going to bang through 10, 15 minutes of actionable insights that you can employ and deploy immediately in your business. So first, a bit of bad news followed by a bit of good news. So here's a question for you out of the gate here. As today's topic is around selling and how you can, again, deploy and employ strategic tactical sales tactics to help better serve your customers and add to your bottom line. So here's a question for you to start this thing out. How much revenue have you missed out on because you couldn't quite figure out how to cross-sell, upsell, resell, etc.? That could be new customers, that could be uh, existing customers, whatever. Furthermore, how much revenue have you missed out on because your staff has failed to do the same? Think it's a problem? If not, this episode is not for you. If it is, then listen up. Okay, so here's the bad news. Uh, You have to learn how to sell. There's absolutely no way around it. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're serving somebody, you have to learn to sell. I'm sorry, that's the bad news. The good news is, though, there's a way in which you can learn to do so without having to slog through endless sales books, seminars, watching webinars, and the like. Uh, And I think the simplest way that I can help you immediately is by seeing through a bit of a different lens. So instead of thinking, well, what do I need to do to sell these people, my potential customers, or better serve them? We can approach it from the other end of the telescope, let's say, and think through what we should avoid doing. I think our default state largely, this is a bizarrity of human nature, our default state when trying to sell somebody anything, an idea, a product, a service, doesn't matter, is we try to do things in the opposite way of how we should actually do it. So we're going to flip the lens. We're going to look through today's conversation or rather uh, monologue from me, as what you should avoid, okay? So a couple actionables. We're going to cap it at three. If this is helpful, I'll continue to create content around this. Uh, But here's three actionables that you can take away from today's brief, quick, and dirty show. All right, so the first thing is this, okay, in terms of what to avoid. Avoid not doing thorough consultations. So stated differently, do consultations that are thorough. Do not rush, okay? So this is surrounding or the neighbor of the belief that you cannot and you should not help everyone. You simply can't. Obviously, if you're a plumber, this is obviously not our audience, but if you were a plumber, you cannot perform heart surgery. Sorry, not possible. Now, this is an obvious, but think about it. You may have on your menu Botox, massage, some other injectables. You might have a Juvederm. You might have... uh, Something for fat reduction, you might have something for cellulite, you might have uh, sculpture, whatever, okay? You have a specific type of customer that you can serve, and part of the job of a consultation is to weed through those people that you can help confidently and those that you cannot. So if you're a chiropractor listening to this, obviously, uh, if somebody has a extreme case of scoliotic 
curvature, you probably can't fix it to where they're going to be back to 100% with their their curve or the absence of the curve, I guess having proper curves, depending on how you look at that. Obviously, you can't help them and get them back to where they think they should be. So part of the job of a a, a consultative uh, or consultative approach in the uh, initial stages before you even perform any service or sell any product is to get an idea of what the customer is actually trying to accomplish and do it thoroughly by, again, not rushing, by not assuming that you understand their problem better than they do. Because by the way, even if you do think you know what their problem is, you're going to be more than likely guessing. You're going to miss something. And even if it's not something that is uh, or is not a problem, it may be something that they just want to vocalize so that they feel understood. Okay, so you have to give space to allow the customer to fully tell you what it is that's a problem, a challenge, a goal they want to hit, whatever. Maybe they want to lose two inches off their tummy. Maybe they want to tighten and tone their uh, their their backside, their buttocks, okay, their butt or their arms, or they want to maybe uh, work on their crow's feet. Who knows? But you've got to give them the space to uh, to tell you thoroughly what it is that they're working on and concerned about. Okay, and not just guess or rush to an assumption that you have the answer. <clears throat> and this is particularly the case uh, with medical doctors in my experience. Obviously, you guys and gals are wizards, geniuses, superstars that know the human body and ailments and the like that plague it. But again, it's important for the individual that's sitting in your chair, laying on your table, that's sharing their problems and stories with you to give them the space to do it thoroughly. Now, the other bit of that, Okay, this is what you want to avoid is asking dumb questions. Okay, here's what I mean. You want to ask a question that is going to be such that it gets them to think through what it is that they're trying to accomplish fully as opposed to something that doesn't require any thought. Here's a stupid example, okay? What color is your car? It's blue. Okay, well, that doesn't produce any sort of insightful thinking in the chair of the individual your potential customer. So you want to ask questions that get at what they're really trying to accomplish that are intelligent, that get them thinking instead of just something that's going to just produce a a thoughtless answer more or less. Okay, so avoid asking dumb questions. Okay, and avoid rushing through the consultative process in the beginning. Okay, and avoid guessing. Okay, so this all weaves into how you should be performing rather to stay true to the spirit of the theme today, what you should avoid doing in consultations. In summary, don't rush. Don't over talk them and guess. So in other words, give them space to vocalize their concern. And uh, don't assume that you can serve everybody. Because again, there's a very narrow niche of customer type that you can serve and it's your duty in that consultative uh, bit in the beginning to sift through those that you can serve and those that you can't. And if you bring someone into your practice or your spa or salon or whatever with the expectation on there that you can serve them and you in reality can't, right? if you were being more methodical in your uh, consultation, you may have set that out. What's going to happen is that you're going to upset them. It's going to lead to bad Yelp reviews, bad Google reviews, and a general bad time, and ultimately a disservice to that customer. And that is not what we want. If we're being true to our, uh, well, I mean, my mantra is I want to serve my customers as best I can, and I can't serve everybody, so I don't. Okay, so be very, very choosy with who you accept as a customer. All right, second bit here on things that you should avoid doing. Stop thinking your customers are not educated. 
Okay. Your customers are really, really smart. This is obviously for potential customers as well. In fact, I would argue that many of them probably know your products and services better than you do. Why? Uh, the internet. No one goes anywhere, takes a call, meets with anybody when it has to do with the product or service until they have actually done their homework and research. So don't assume that you're dealing with somebody who doesn't know what your products or services are, what they do, how they work, et cetera, because they have done their research. And oftentimes what you'll find is that they come into your practice, your salon or spa, assuming that they they know the scope of their issue, uh, what it is that they need, and the rest of it, when in reality, they may not because they have incomplete knowledge and they do the research. So avoid thinking that your customers are not smart because they are and they're educated. So where your value add is, is again, during that consultative uh, bit of the process in the beginning, is helping them again, understand the scope of their problem as a result of asking good questions that elicit responses that are thoughtful from the individual. Your value uh, beyond that is... Uh, additionally, to help them assess when, how, and why they should do whatever they should do based on your suggestions after you've done a, a bit of a diagnosis, let's say. So don't think that your customers are not smart because they are. I guarantee it. Okay. And the last bit, and this is more um, in line with, uh, I guess, b- proper selling things to avoid, let's say, is avoid pressure. Okay or even strong suggestions. So if you're not aware of this phenomenon, there's a psychological phenomenon known as reactance. So a stupid example of this would be, uh, you go to your kid's room and you tell them, hey, go do your homework. Put down the video games and do your homework. Even if your child stops playing their video games and they go do their homework, what you're going to find is that there's going to be extreme reluctance to do so. Now, obviously, you're their parent, so they're not... (laughs) They're probably not going to say no and not not do it. So they will do it eventually. But if you say that to, a, let's say, a, a, a stranger in the street or whatever, or, you know, whatever, a friend or something, their visceral reaction is going to be to say, no, screw you. I'm going to do what I want. Right. By the way, we fought a revolutionary war in 1776 over someone telling us what to do to grossly oversimplify history. But you see the point. Okay. So reactance pops up everywhere and it pops up in subtle ways that you don't think or wouldn't think would pop up. So for example, okay, um, reactance, which is the product of giving someone pressure or telling them what to think or telling them how to think or telling them how to feel, pops up in a ton of different ways that you may not notice or sniff out in the wild. So for example, one might be, listen, you really need to do you know, uh, 10 sessions of this service and then you'll be good. That's what I would do. Okay. Why is that a problem? Well, that wasn't that extreme of an example. It was a bit more covert. But anytime you are suggesting adamantly that someone should do something or take some action, you're inevitably going to trigger reactance. So a better way to frame something like that might be to say, listen, uh, if I were you, this is what I do or would do rather. But listen, you are your own person, so you do what's right for you. Okay. Now, the... <laughs> Maybe the the takeaway here is that you need to find a way to preserve that individual's optionality or or maintaining their options by giving them an out, okay? So even if you say something like, look, you've got to do this, this, and this, you have to follow it up with something along the lines of, but anyway, that's just what I would do, 
Okay, to give them an out so where they maintain their autonomy because nobody wants to be told what to do, right? We all know this. This isn't profound or mind-blowing, but I promise you, if you stop and think about those moments where you're going into a, um, a suggestion, right? You've, you've done your diagnosis through the consultative bits. In the beginning, when your, your prospective customer sat down with you, you've got a good idea what the problem is. You've got a good idea of what you can do to serve them. Think about how you position your suggestion at the very end of that, okay? And here's a question that I would ask you. Are you sounding like Billy Mays, the late night infomercial king? Okay, now arguably, he did do a great job because he sold the living hell out of his products, but his, his approach is very, act now, buy now. And it was very, very pressury. Now, maybe the reason why that worked is that he wasn't doing it to any particular person and he was leveraging scarcity in a different way in mass. But when it's one-to-one, you want to ensure that the person you're talking to is preserving their autonomy. Okay. So chiropractors, here's how you might sell uh, your big, uh, I don't know, $5,000 service pack, let's say where you have you know, a client or a patient that comes in and they have an obvious issue. Maybe they got into a whiplash accident or a car wreck that produced whiplash and they have a you know, massive issue with their supplementation in the cervical spine or whatever. And you know that they need to do this thing in order to fix and combat either or correct rather their, their current pain and maybe furthermore, avoid a painful future by discomfort, produced by inaction, let's say, okay? So you have a moral, uh, really a moral duty or obligation to help these people see that your suggestion is the right one for them without telling them what to do, okay? This is the tricky bit, okay? So this is, uh, uh, you could think of this as a bit of a shout out to the the notions in, in, or the general notion in Inception with Leo DiCaprio, where you get somebody to think that your idea is their idea, okay? Again, how do you do that? Well, simply put, you make a suggestion, okay? So again, chiropractors that have a uh, potential patient that needs to have a, a stack of 50 treatments over the course of six months, okay? You might say, look, here's how I see it. You have one of two options, okay? You can either do nothing and see what happens, but my gut feel is that you're probably going to end up with extreme discomfort in your neck, your cervical spine, where the whiplash happened from the car wreck, or we can treat this seriously and we can, we can, uh, we can strongly consider this treatment protocol, which is going to be six months long. It's going to be you coming in once a week, uh, for what was that? I guess it'd be 24 treatments roughly if my math is right there. And it's going to cost you X amount of money. If I were you, I would do this, but you do whatever you think is right for you, right? And you frame it up in such a way that it's an obvious no-brainer, but you're also preserving their autonomy and not telling them what to do, okay? The moment that you do this, and this will bleed into the obvious what not to do, okay? Especially chiropractors that have to really uh, upsell what ends up being packages more or less of treatments because you need to come in every week or twice a week or whatever in the beginning, is you've got to find a way to preserve their, their autonomy. So what you don't want to do, okay, this is the don't, to stay true to the theme of today's show, is you don't want to just auto-assume the close, right? You hear these these people uh, touting this, this ABC is always be closing. Uh, no, okay, no. And by the way, if you do your job right, 
You convey expertise. You show the patient or prospective customer that you're the expert, that you're the guy or gal that they should work with. They should be closing you, okay? So how might that look? Hey, doc, uh, (laughs) this sounds great. I can see the x-rays. My neck is a mess. I gotta come in and work with you. What do I do? What do I do? Okay, so the moment you hear a potential customer saying that to you, it's a done deal, but you've got to get them there. So maybe in a future show, we'll talk about how we can get somebody to that place where they're closing you and making your life easier. But again, the, the theme of today's show, and we'll wrap it up here, okay, what to avoid. So let's go through the list again here in brief. What to avoid. Number one, avoid not doing thorough consultations in the beginning, okay? You need to do thorough consultations. Trust me. Second, avoid thinking your customers are not anything other than really, really smart. Okay. So again, your value add is helping them scope the problem, assessing it, right? Getting that. So in, in the case of a chiropractor, for example, getting an idea of how serious their problem is. Obviously, you guys do this extremely well anyway. And through that assessing when, what, and how they should do whatever it is that they should do, and then suggesting a solution. And most importantly, this is the one thing that you take away from today's show. Do not pressure anyone ever. It will always produce reactance. And reactance is the enemy of a new customer. All right, that's it for today's show. My name is Austin Evans again. This has been the Body Beauty Show brought to you by Cryoskin. If this has been helpful, let me know. And uh, I will be sure to make more content like this to help you guys sell your potential customers and uh, the rest. Hopefully add some revenue along the way obviously as well too. All right. Have a great day. Whenever you hear this thing, thanks for listening. Catch you later.